For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers once again back for the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango uh, jeff burton from 1057 the point and from our sister station 101 espn former blue jamie rivers gentlemen what's going on oh just uh sitting down and talking hockey and uh, whatnot with my buddies here Absolutely. Yeah. That's just what we're doing. Just Easy. enjoy seeing you guys today. No. I love you guys. And I you. <laughs> well, it was, it was really nice yesterday. It's great to have Jamie in the building Monday through Friday, especially during my time on the air, because yesterday he came in and just just to give me shit about Coldplay, and then, hey, man, I got to go back and be on the show. So it was just, just a nice Aww. little... <laughs> this holiday nice. season. I yeah, was. It's nice to have him on at 10 o'clock, so now I have something to listen to in the car at 10. Oh, so, oh wow. I'm so... You what did know I I'm kidding. That? You wow. know I'm kidding. Donnie, see? Donnie, see? how many times have I told you, you are my favorite radio DJ in St. Louis? You know that's true. So See, we've been out. friends for 20 years, so like you kind of have to say that now at this point. That is good. Point. That is, that's, that is that's a rough really ride. No, that's true. Dudes, I want to ask a sports question that is not hockey-related to get things going. Okay. And I just want to get kind of your your general thoughts. Are you asking permission? No, no. I'm I'm just going to go ahead and knock her out. (laughs) Um, But one of the things that – I consider myself a bit of a purist when it comes to being a baseball fan, and I know that that's pretty ridiculous sometimes. The designated hitter, I hate. Artificial turf, I hate. It's those kinds of things. And I had been very much – Dude, passionately against this idea of a robot umpire strike zone. And I think I might be coming around on it. What do you guys, do you guys, because in watching these World Series games, it not only seems like the umpires blow the calls, but like they're kind of indignant and dickish about being wrong. And I, it just feels to me that this one is a game that needs some help along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And I am just starting to wonder if maybe that's not such a bad idea. I think you look at it just like uh, do do some positives and negatives column. You know what I mean? Yeah. On, on something where I'm not sure where I land yet because I'm with you uh, – I think, A, it's going to happen eventually whether we want it to or not. I think eventually a generation or so down the line it probably will. And, two, it's not like we don't have computers and that sort of technology affecting the game in other in other ways. Sure. So why not let it infiltrate there? But then you take the human emotion out of it, too. I don't know. As a former uh, well, professional athlete. And I'm not down with taking jobs away from people no, either. But I mean, come on. Well, that's exactly what I heard. Umpires yeah. Union. Yeah. Donnie Fandango. You can hear him 10 but, o'clock. But not only Sometimes are these, on Casey. You know, but, whatever. But what I'm saying, like earlier, like what I was saying was like, not only are these guys get the calls wrong, but then they're douchebags about getting the calls wrong. Like they're yeah. like. You know, that C.B. Like Buckner guy. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like it just, I, I don't understand it. And I just want the game to be better. You know what I mean? So here's where I stand on it. I think baseball is a unique sport because you have that strike zone. It's like that that one play that you want to make sure you get right all the time. Whereas you, in football, you're not going to be calling holding penalties with a robot. In hockey, you know, you're not going to have a hooking penalty that's called by a robot. So if I'm going to try and parlay this to hockey a little bit, if you have goals... 
where the puck completely crosses the line. I wouldn't be opposed to, in hockey, have it where it's computerized to where instead of looking at a replay where in one building the line is blurred because a Zamboni guy doesn't do a great job or they haven't painted their lines Somebody's all year. monitors 4K <laughs> right. instead of 5K. Exactly. Yeah. I don't right? know what that means, but probably <laughs> 5 is better than 4. Probably. Okay. Probably. In your case, definitely. Anyway. So, that being said, I think that <laughs> that's where you could have a computerized system where you know for sure – the puck has crossed the goal line, and there's no debate, nothing. It's just, whoop, the computer got it, it's in. Right. So for baseball, the strike zone for me, I actually like the idea because as much as a human element is involved, you're kind of messing with guys, right? If one day I'm pitching and you're the umpire and your strike zone is a little wider, taller, lower, whatever the case, next start I get, you know, five days from now, six days from now, Jeff's umpiring, and his strike zone is a lot tighter, which right. we know that wouldn't be. Hey, <laughs> However, hey. based on that, the human element is messing with the player. Right. And so I think if you just computerize it, it's just it is what it is, and there's no arguing with it, and there's no you know human element involved, and everybody gets the right call then. You know what another parallel we could do with hockey is – you pro- as a batter, you probably have a bit of a relationship with that umpire because you see each other all the time on the road. And remember last podcast you were talking about, you have a decent relationship with the refs. They may give you two whacks, well, they and do. on the third one, then you're gone for two. Well, you better believe that Yachty Molina, he gets a lot better calls than the rookie catcher yeah, sure. who's, and, and pitchers, who's framing the pitches just as good as Yachty, but Yachty's Yachty. Yeah, and pitchers, right, right. and pitchers earn those strikes of as well. And the batter you know, on the yeah, other side of times. it. So I think that's a great question. I don't have an answer to it. Yeah, I, I just, really I, don't know for I, sure. I heard, I've been listening, uh, I've listened to, to Bernie and you guys back and forth a lot and Whatever. one of the things that he had said <laughs> you know, last week was talking about that and how it could potentially make the game better and I just, I mean... It, it, you know, man, I understand that people are going to make mistakes. I'm not looking for anybody to be perfect, but man, sometimes it just seems ridiculous. And you've got these batters, kind of like what you're saying, going up there, going, "I don't know where the hell the strike zone is." Yeah, you know, and and that's never good for any sport when you have the athlete going, "I'm not really sure what the call is here. Like, I really don't know what the normal is." Right. And whenever you do that, it takes some of that. It can take some of the intensity right out of the game. I mean, you know, you're sitting there, and the referee or the umpire is getting the wrong call consistently. And we saw it the other night. The World Series doesn't get any bigger than the World Series, and now we're debating balls and strikes because the umpire has got a larger strike zone at one point, and then the next batter he shrinks the strike zone. And well, too bad for you. You know, and you could look at it a couple of years ago when they first started doing instant replay for whatever in baseball. There was pushback on that too. Oh, it takes away from, from the human element. This is this. If this happens, it's the natural progression of the sport. There's yeah. just too many dollars. Make, uh, at, at, make the right call yeah. every time. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That I mean, way, you know, never mind the human element. Let's just make the right element. Uh, yeah. that's, that's right, it. man. I, that's, a, that's a great point. Well, we are starting to get a trickle of emails mm-hmm. through at our email address, which is lmbp at 1057 the point. Did you get those com. pictures I sent? Yeah, nice. Man. Not yet. Was it Real cold? or fake? Was Johnny? it cold? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the spam filter caught that. Did you go I to guess. Canada for that one picture? Is it cold up there? Thank God it was cold. <laughs> I didn't have to expand it. All right. Well, here's here's what we got. Obviously, a couple of the emails have to do with 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 Tarasenko and the injury. So I think what we'll do is we'll save those to the end, and we'll read these first couple because they're a little off the beaten path. This is not Perfect. your X's and O's sort of thing. That's what we like. Let's. This is from a Kim Giddens, who is Team Riz member oh, number one eighteen. Don't, don't read that. 
Oh, this is not a good one? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Wait, was there an attachment? Okay, never mind. All right, so she says, Kim says, let's say that I ran into a former Blues player that helped us win the Stanley Cup out at my local Aldi store picking up a bag of all Doritos. (laughs) Which is so solid that she threw that reference in there, man. That's awesome. Is it kosher for me to have him sign something related to said Stanley Cup win even though he is no longer a Blue? I think the issue there is that he's out and about on his own personal time, and you are... So she ran into Pat Maroon. I was going to say I, the I, same I, thing. I'm guessing, yeah. I'm guessing so. Yeah. Wow, he's an Aldi guy. Go him. Uh, Alderitos. Yeah, I'm saying that. He obviously nice. listens. It's got to be a point of pride for you, Jeff. Uh-huh. He obviously listens to told the show. told you, Pat. I told you. Yeah. Two things I told him. Sign in St. Louis for one year and shop at Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just, you just, Jamie, it's just, it's it's a question of whether or not... He's probably with his family or kids or whatever, if you bug him or not, right? Okay. Boy, it's weird asking for a signature, though, at the grocery store. No, it isn't. See, I wouldn't care at all. Mm. I, uh, yeah, as a, as a person who's on a very, very high-profile show and you on a very high-profile radio station, you get recognized a lot, right? Yeah, it's awesome. And, okay, when was the last time you went, <laughs> oh, I wish that person would have come up and shook my hand and said, man, you're really funny on the radio. It's it's amazing every time. You're right, but, I mean, these guys get it 100 billion more times than we do. And a hundred billion more times, I bet they don't care. Yeah, honestly, that's to my point, or to Jeff's point, is, uh, and this is just me and, and probably most of the guys, hockey players, I mean, you get the odd one that's a, a douchebag. Uh, that just happens, right? right. But that but, person's going to be a douchebag whether you're a famous hockey player or not. They're you know just what I mean? living a douchebag right. life, yeah. period. Right. Yeah, correct. Uh, but as a former athlete and even still you know being recognized and being part of you know this big show with you guys yeah, and well, well, being yeah. involved with big names Fandango right. and Burton yeah. uh, personal no, security my dad told me a long time you know my father mm-hmm. he's a unique individual okay uh, he did pass Apple, on <laughs> fall tree anyway <laughs> he uh, he did give me some some information some good advice when i was a kid and, and he had no idea i'd play in the nhl and whatnot but he'd always said listen if somebody asks for your autograph, take the time and sign it. And he says, you know, you, some little kid or some person, it's a big moment for them. They appreciate you for what you're doing, yada, yada, yada. And at the end of it, he says, and besides, you're only going to have a small window where people actually give a shit who you are. Right, yeah, man. Right. And so it, shame on you if you don't take that moment and make sure that you pass on an autograph to somebody, take a picture. You know, now that being said, it's 100% correct. And I've never ever said no to an autograph yeah, in I could my be life. a mid-bite out at dinner at some you know fancy restaurant. I don't care. Come over and say hello. You, right? I mean... Yeah. Now, there is times, okay, that uh, I, I have said, hey, just going to finish up dinner here. Uh, you know, are you leaving anytime soon? No, we're not. Okay, great. I'll catch up with you in 5, 10, 15 minutes because, mm-hmm. look, there has to be a little bit of, I don't want to call them boundaries, but if I'm out on a, a nice evening... Try, let's say it's Valentine's Day. Let's say mm-hmm. you bring the missus out for a nice dinner. You're trying to enjoy it. You got four kids at home. You're trying to just forget about that, this, that, the other. In right. a deep conversation from one that you never have the chance to have this conversation, somebody walks up and says, uh, or wants to sit down and join Yeah, the you. sit down thing. Ooh, yeah, that, that, that'd that be weird. So that's, the, so that's where I'm getting at with this, okay, is some people, not a lot, small percentage, some people... Uh, they'll take that, can I get an autograph or a picture as an invitation to sit down with you and join you and be sure. your best friend yeah, for yeah. three, four hours. You get oh, them to boy. roll in a little bit of the bill, then you're okay. Yeah, usually that doesn't happen, <laughs> right? right? Um, but, yeah, so I, I think that 
look, I'm not opposed to signing autographs ever, pictures, this, that, the other. If we're at a meal, that's really the only time where if I'm sitting there eating with my family, mm-hmm. hey, just come over and be like, hey, Mr. Rivers, you know, would you mind if I uh, get an autograph? You know, I, I'm going to say yes right away. Course, if you want yeah. a picture, I might say, hey, look, are you leaving right now? Yes, you are. Okay, well, hang on. And I'll put everything aside. And I'll get up, take a picture, talk to them, answer a couple of questions about the blues, this, that, the other. Probably ask about me and Donnie. <laughs> the, the, usually that's what they come up and they say, hey, could <laughs> you have a minute, Mr. Leave. Rivers? And I get my pen out and I'm like, oh, sure, can I get another? No, no, how's Mr. Burton? To work with? <laughs> I'm his PO. Can you have him check They're in? Like, That'd be really he, great. Does he always ask you to smell this napkin oh, too? Right. Oh, oh, God. We got any more emails over there? Yeah, we got, a, we got another one. This one, dude, <laughs> if this it. does not get us talking, I don't know what will. This is a great email from Timmy. He says, Howdy, gang, big fans of everyone. Okay, I have an odd complaint. When everyone is in line for the urinal, I don't understand why over the years people have just stood in front of the sinks and not gotten in line behind someone. It makes the line look crazy long and makes everything take longer. Am I crazy? No. Wait, wait, wait. Each urinal is its own line. Bottom line, that's what he's saying. Okay. No. Yeah. I disagree. Well, that's anarchy. Nope. Guys, guys, let's finish right, the email sorry, before guy. we start yelling at each other. Hold start on. Start talking urinal, Jeff. Back in the day when we were season ticket holders, everyone would pick a urinal, make a line. It seems like that was so much faster, and who cares? I got side-eyed when I did this at the Avs game on Monday, and my response was, quote, everyone is just here to pee and get the hell back yeah. in our seat. I'm sure that this is material you're looking for, but I was just curious if I'm actually crazy. Donnie appreciated your work with Kids in the Middle last year, our event 11 is this year if you want any more info that is from timmy <laughs> timmy great email i'm on timmy's side each urinal should be its own uh line yeah but how, but how do you do that when the when because you're okay so if, if everybody would the, move all the way into the urinals there'd be plenty of room there would See, be Jeff no bottleneck multiple peers at the same time there'd be, <laughs> there'd be no bottleneck and if everybody <laughs> think of how many okay, urinals okay. there are there's like 10 okay and then a handful of okay. uh so you're saying what do you call them changing rooms okay so uh, you're saying stalls that when i go into the bathroom i get into the line that's going to be but but see that doesn't make sense because there's so many people in the bathroom the line's going to have to wrap around. That doesn't matter once it gets away from the urinals it's a free for all. I'm saying in front of the urinals if you roll up and there's one person at each urinal uh-huh. are you just going to stand there? No, no I'm going to get behind you... one of the people. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's all I'm asking. Okay, so reasonable here's... distance leave space for Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, or what yeah. is it? The Holy Spirit leaves. Yeah, no, space. I understand that. Uh, two, probably two Holy Spirits. But is that going to make that much of a difference in the bathroom? In between periods, yeah. Here's where your problem you know, lies. You got your own fancy bathroom. <laughs> right, no kidding. You're not going in the public bathroom in that place, and you never have. This That's is a good point. You I may cannot. never have been in the public bathroom at the Enterprise then, yeah, Center. While, I'm betting while that you it have was not. open. While it was open, yeah. I mean, Nelson was hungry. Now, Jeff's problem, okay, where it lies, is you get Mr. Long Pier. Right. Okay. I'm so glad so, you said Pier, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Maybe he's multi talented. At the anyways, at that point, you get stuck behind Mr. Long Pier. It's, it's like the getting. Dice. Hang on, it's Jeffrey. A roll of the dice. It's like getting stuck in the slow lane, and you can't get over. <laughs> right. And That's, you're in a rush. But it's your whose fault is it that you're in the slow lane? I mean, well, that, how do you know what to pick? You get behind the guy. You're like, okay, oh, this guy's got. See, this is this is you're a former player. You're done on the ice, Donnie. About and I've been in the trenches. We know the drinkers when we when we okay, see. Oh, absolutely. We know the guy that started drinking at home, then drank for the pregame <laughs> right. and the first period. Dude's gonna be there a minute. Right. Okay, you but get now that backfired on me though because I please don't in. roll tape here. But get behind like a twelve year old. <laughs> 
This, see, you know what's funny? Worse, they're they're squirting out a little Coca Cola. Okay, that's it. okay. And so out. to play off exactly what you just said, as as weird as it is, okay. <laughs> I was going to go there, meaning I got in line one time, not at the Enterprise Center, at another establishment, and we I did the pick your yarn, sure, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And it I got, worked out great, I was like, didn't it? There's a kid in here. I don't know how old he was. I didn't ask him for ID. Anyways, I, he gets up there, and I'm like, how long can the kid pee? Right. Everybody else is crushing pitchers. This kid's had like a Shirley Temple right. or one of a those sprite, things, right? right. Yeah, sprite. yeah, yeah. That kid hauled a piss out for, I don't even know, it was record time. Three turnovers next to me. It, they turned the line over three times, and little Timmy is still sprinkling the infield. There's no way That's just bad that luck, really man. happened to you. It did. He's in from Pacific, and he had a juice box on the way. <laughs> Whose fault well, is that? He it's must a, have had it's 12. It's a roll of the dice. Okay? He had a whole case of juice boxes. So that's why I'm like, this, your theory this, sucks, Jeff. back teeth were floating in grape juice. <laughs> I'm gonna Thanks, go ahead, and, Timmy. I'm gonna go ahead and transition to another. I'm gonna transition to another email here. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, with Laddie out, which of the young guys will step up? Also, should we give Huso a chance? Obviously, the big news of the week: Vladimir out five months with with the shoulder uh, with uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, also, and just to follow up on to piggyback these emails, this is from Allen. He says that the Devils cannot re-sign Taylor Hall once Tarasenko goes on long-term uh, injured reserve. His salary is removed from the cap, allowing us to fit Hall's salary in. Also, once the playoffs start, which is also Tarasenko's earliest return time, teams are allowed to go over the cap, which would allow Tarasenko and Hall to remain on the roster. Do you think he is a possible addition? No. I don't. And here's why, okay? Yes, all of that that you talked about, it kind of makes sense, except for you still have to set your playoff roster before the regular season ends, okay? and that Oh, so one of those guys. So one of those guys or somebody. So, yeah, you can go over the cap in the playoffs. Yeah, you can. But getting to the finish line, which is the regular season, under the cap is your issue. Right. And so you'd have to have one of them on your playoff roster, before that, you'd have to have them both if you're going to include them both. So, so Vladdy's you would include- coming off on day one of the playoffs. You got to put him on your playoff Whether roster. Whether you think he's going to be in or not, correct? Oh wow, yeah. So that rule was put in there specifically for that reason, to where teams couldn't mysteriously long-term injury somebody. Let's say in January before the trade deadline, go and scoop up the biggest free agent available as a rental, and then just hold off, hold off, hold off. Oh, guess what? Nobody's being paid anymore because the playoffs are here, so nobody makes a paycheck. Oh, we're going to activate Vladdy from uh, uh, injury reserve, and now we've got you know $20 million worth of players and two guys, but we're not paying them a dime, and we're going to go march on to a Stanley Cup championship. I just assume Chicago did that. Don't tell me I'm wrong. They, they, and also, wrong. too, the Blues would have to give up a ton. <laughs> To, to get Taylor Hall. Well, yeah, the like Devils aren't player, parting though, with, uh, with Taylor Hall for nothing. And it's a rental. You know, right. Doug Armstrong has been strictly against rentals for a long time. And, and that those days are kind of gone, guys. Sure. Even the rental you, thing is gone? Yeah. Like, even if you acquire a rental, you're, you're kind of already talking contract with that guy. Like, you don't want them for just a month or, or a month and a half. And a lot of teams now, the hot commodities – are the guys that have one year left on their deal. They've become the rental player now because at least when you trade for them, because everybody knows you're going to get fleeced for prospects and draft picks if you're going after this rental guy. So you're trading that. You're going to want to at least get the remainder of that season and one more season 
before you have to make a decision on that mm. player. You're going to want a little more return on investment. Jamie, you talked about this yesterday on your show with with, uh, with Anthony Stalter. Not only is this the same shoulder that that Vladimir's had issues with before, but also, too, since it is Tarasenko, I mean, we got to be, you know, five months is what it is, but we can't rush this dude back. Yeah, you like, can't throw him all. right into a corner as soon as he's back. Yeah. And he's no. not exactly a gym rat either. From what, no. from what I understand. <laughs> just saying. Did I say, is this on? Hello? Yeah, no, we'll edit This that is out. just between us three no, girls, but that's um, what I hear. Yeah, look, Vladdy, uh, look, he's in great shape, but is he the guy that's going to be in there 24 hours a day looking to rehab? You know, I don't know. I'm not in there anymore. Um, but, yeah, it is the same shoulder that he, he injured before, and it was kind of a weird play that he injured it on this time, reaching back to kind of pull, you know shove a guy off of him, basically battling for a puck. And his shoulder pops out, and that's what it was, dislocated shoulder. And, you know, they had surgery this morning on it, and everything seems to have gone well and and successful. But, yeah, you know, you're going to want to take your time with Vladdy, uh, with any player for that matter, especially a player that's got that much dollar value attached to them. You don't want to be long-term injury on this guy for the remainder of his contract. And if you're not careful, that's what can happen. And then, yeah, that money comes off the books and the salary cap, but it doesn't come off of – Tom Stillman's books mm, yeah. and the ownership group. And that's what people seem to forget is the ownership group here in St. Louis, yeah, they spend to the cap every year now. So smaller market team, but not a small market budget. Right. They, they're, they're dancing with the big boys, but you start putting, you start burying $10, 12000000 million a year into injury reserve where you're just adding that on to the cost of doing business, that doesn't last long. That model doesn't work for a team in St. Louis. It might work for the New York Rangers or some of that where, or Toronto Maple Leafs where the TV revenue and ancillary revenues are off the charts. That ain't happening here. So So you got to be very careful. So who of the guys that we know at least, or maybe even some guys down in the minors needs to be stepping up. And who do you think will? Well, Hey, 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 Robbie Fabry. Yeah. Hey, my man. Hey, Zach Sanford. Don't go there so fast. Well, just, I just mean as far as hey, man, you got both of these dudes. I'm not saying, listen, first of all, you can't just find a player to fill Vladimir. Like that's crazy. Like, but these two guys have been given opportunities to step up, to, to cement themselves in the lineup every single night. You're going to have a golden opportunity to, to get in the lineup and to stay in the lineup. That's what I mean more than anything else. Not necessarily covering up for all those points for Tarasenko yeah, because no. that's going to be a group effort and not a one-person effort, I would think. Well, I think, yeah, and that's the right mentality there. And, and you know, the hot button here, like you said, Jeff, is who's going to step up right, and yeah. everybody's throwing everything against uh, the I don't wall. think you can throw a name. I think of what Donnie's alluding to. It's got to be a group effort. It's, it's going to be bullpen by committee. Yeah, and here's where I am on the players that you mentioned and what's available today at practice, Sammy Blay was on that line. Craig Berube opted today to have Sammy uh, Sammy Blay with Shan and Schwartz. And I don't mind it, okay, because uh, yesterday we discussed uh, on, on the show was, you know, who kind of fits that mold. And we always, we always try to imagine somebody replacing Vladdy. Even though you don't want to say replace, you're like, okay, well, who's that dynamic guy? Uh, okay, well, what if we change the direction just a little bit here because Schwartz and Shen realistically are blue-collar players mm-hmm. with really good scoring ability. So why don't we give them maybe a blue-collar guy on the other side who can help them retrieve pucks, help them get in on the forecheck, help them play physical, and now maybe we get even more production 
out of those guys. So it's it's interesting sometimes to you can totally change the dynamic of the line with one player. And in this case, when you're losing a guy like Vladdy, who is essentially more of a perimeter playmaking player, he's got dynamic abilities for sure. But you put Sammy Blay, who's just you know a smashing into everything out there and retrieving pucks. Uh, you know, the job for Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz isn't as hard then to get those pucks back, and now they can focus on scoring goals. So Sammy Blay's an interesting choice out of the hop here. Um, now moving forward, we're going to see. Robbie Fabry and Zach Sanford, to your point, they need to establish themselves as everyday NHLers. Mm-hmm. Before we worry about putting them on a line with Braden Shan and Jaden Schwartz, and then all the pressure in the world's on. Like, can you imagine how they could implode? Sure. If that makes three sense. games yeah. in, they're horrible. And that line, Braden Shan has gone from scoring almost a goal a game to not even getting two shots on net. Well, where do you think the focus is going to go? Well, well that guy not. on the right wing yeah. is terrible, you right. know? So you got to be very careful with those guys, too, and how fragile they can be because they've both been bubble players sure. this year. So I would leave them where Sanford today practiced with O'Reilly and Perron. I like that. That's how we finished the season last year uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Boston Bruins. That was the line. And Robbie Fabry was put on the line with Bozak and Thomas. Now, Thomas, to me, is the wild card here because he showed dynamic ability in the past in the NHL, but certainly in junior hockey, he was that guy. He was the go-to guy. So now fast forward to where he's at. Currently, coming off of injury, he's, to me, the closest guy you're going to get to being dynamic to Mm -hmm. be able to put on that line with those guys. And he has the speed. He has the tenacity. He brings a lot of good stuff to the table. So it's going to be interesting to me to see if Sammy Blaze stays there long-term or if they start rotating some guys in and out. How long do they wait before they rotate guys in and out? This is all going to be a feel for the coach. Tell me how that affects the guys that are already there, like your Schwartz and your Shen. So their third guy is gone. You're bringing in maybe one guy to audition one game. If it turns into a you know a revolving door or whatever, how does it affect those two guys that are losing that third guy? Well, yeah, this That's is a, a big question, thing. Dude. Okay, it is a good question. I'm actually in shock Thank right you. now. Um, well done, Jeff. That email from Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, it does affect them because it, you don't have a Vladimir Tarasenko every day on your roster or on your line for that matter. So it's going to change their their method of doing business. So to say, Braden Shen right now and Jaden Schwartz, they're always hunting down the pucks. They're always in there, always in there, always in the mix. Next player they get on their on their wing, maybe he's the guy. Like I said, Sammy Blaze, he's a he's a hunter out there. He likes being that F1 in on the forecheck. So now all of a sudden, wait a minute, the, my role has changed a little bit. It might take some getting used to, to being the guy who's receiving the puck rather than retrieving it. And Robert Thomas is another guy that he's got a tremendous amount of speed, but he's more wired like Vladdy Tarasenko. So in the long run, does he make more sense to where Shannon Schwartz can continue just kind of doing what they do? Uh, You know, this is all going to be determined in the next handful of games. And that's the thing is how long do you hold on to certain combinations before you make a change? This is going to be tough. I, I'm seeing Sammy Blay flying into a corner, and that's where the F1 comes from. F, here comes one. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's all I can think. 
<laughs> Somebody needs to tell that dude he's not six foot six. No, he, don't tell him. Right. No, don't tell him. Shh, Donnie, don't tell him. <laughs> That's like telling Kelly Chase, you can't beat up everybody. <laughs> don't don't ask. Don't let him know. Don't let tell him, him. Throw the fist, man. Let me throw two names out at you that that obviously we're getting asked about left and right. Clem Costin mm-hmm. is one. And now Nathan Walker. And, and yep. can you kind of talk a little bit about Nathan Walker? Because i got to be honest, I don't really know a lot about the guy. I think he's guy. like a second baseman for the Pirates or something. <laughs> he's <laughs> actually uh, Neil Walker. Neil Walker. But, but still. Neil Walker. Ooh, I'll look and see if they're related. <laughs> but I think he was the AHL player of the week Herschel this past Walker. week. Oh, Herschel Walker. <laughs> He'd be fine. He could be an F1. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was the player of the week in the American Hockey League. He's a smaller guy, but he's feisty. You know, he uh, he's already been in a fight down there. I think he might even have the only fight on the roster so far in San Antonio. And he's, you know, five foot whatever. Not a big guy. Uh, he's, I think he's from Australia. I'm, I'm not lying. I think he was born in Australia and, and maybe moved around. That. So it's still an interesting little sideline yeah. or side mm-hmm. note to that. But, yeah, he's he's like a Jaden Schwartz. He is. He's, a, he's buzzing around out there. He's strong on pucks. He works the cycle game well. He's, he's from Australia, so cycle game goes the other way, though. He right? cycles it opposite. Yeah, it's, yes, it's just like tough to adjust to. Defenses, it is. Defenses here, I've never seen that. That's so. right. And when he flushes the we'll toilet here, it's Don't really worry. confusing to him because the water goes the other way. All right, now give it a couple of seconds. I'll edit it out and just go back to what you're saying. Go. And so when he works the cycle game, he's very good at maintaining puck possession. And he's going to mix well. He could possibly mix well. With a Schwartz and a Shen. Now, that would also be a lot on his plate right. right away. But if they elected to maybe put a Robert Thomas up on the first line and a Nathan Walker comes in and maybe he's a great fit with the Bozak. Maybe he's a great fit with O'Reilly and Perron. You never know, right? Oh, my gosh. They have options, though. They Dude. do have oh options. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> now, the one that's the hottest option of all, and I know, is Clem Costin. Sure. I said yesterday, if I have a dollar for every time – Somebody has said Clem Costin to me in the last 24 hours. I'd own a brand-new Mercedes. I know what you're going to say. But instead of that four-year-old one you got out there. F- 40. 40. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna say the kid's got to play, and he needs to stay down there and play and be the best player down there before we bring him up here. No. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. <laughs> Damn it. I was going to say, Shoot, I thought I had that one nailed, here. Damn it, anyway. No. Uh, look, Clem Costin is finally coming around to – being a dominant guy down there, he, you know, he just scored his first goal this weekend that went past. He's got five points in 12 games. He, he, you know, he's starting to be that guy a little bit more, but, you know, he's still, you know, five points off of what Nathan Walker was delivering out there. And I think you got to be very careful with that as well because the comparisons right away is, well, we lost Vladdy, you know, a talented, solid Russian player. Right. You bring up Clem Costin, and let's say you plug him in there. Let's say it doesn't go well. Let's say he feels the heat. Like, everybody's thinking, well, this Russian kid, Clem Costin, he's mm, supposed to be the yeah. next Vladdy. He's terrible. He hasn't done anything. He's out of position. He can't do this. And you got to remember, guys, those top two lines for the Blues, they're drawing all the most difficult coverage from the other teams. Mm-hmm. Their top players, their top defending players, play against those lines all the time. With so hate. not only is he going from the American Hockey League, Jeff, he's going from the American Hockey League to a top line, which is going to be NHL. defended by the best yeah. players in the world. So, yeah. And in baseball, I know it's like this at times. In hockey, the, the Walker dude and Clem Costin, will the NHL club have video on them and – Tendencies on them, just like they do in baseball. When you call somebody up, you know, you know well, yeah. The, on first them. of all, your head coaches and your coaching staff in the minors are some of your biggest scouts that you have for your your 
your major league team, your big league team. And now Doug Armstrong is flying down to San Antonio Friday. He's going to take in two games on the weekend and watch what he's got down there. But every day those guys are on the ice, practice included. That's why I always tell kids when I was near the end of my career, when I was on my way back out and on the way down and I was going back through the American Hockey League, I tell these kids, every day you come to the rink, be showered, get early, get on the bike. Even if you've got a one on the tension and you're just riding the bike, watching the hockey highlights, be seen seen, doing that. Get on the ice early. Stay on the ice after because these coaches are the primary scout for the big club. And when they see that, then they relay that message on. If, they, if they're if they not seeing things they like, guess what? That message goes, too, to mm-hmm. the big boss. And, and so it's really important that every time you're playing in the American Hockey League, you have to realize the eyeballs are on you. And, and your coaching staff, your GM. What about the other team's staff, though? Well, they're going to have the same thing. Okay. I mean, they have the same scouting crew who's probably watched this player in college and junior. And everybody watches everybody because – there's always a potential of drafting a guy or, in some cases, signing a free agent minor league guy. You have analytics on this guy, right, yeah. and you've seen him play. And your team in the minors played against that player last year. So guess what? You're going to go to your coaching staff in the minors. They're going to give you the scouting report on Chances this guy. are somebody's probably played against him as well. That's, That's right. Yeah. There's no hiding anymore. Yeah. So never mind, You know, yes, we have access to where we could pull up a game today in the American Hockey League and scout a player through watching it on TV. Yeah. We could do that, but you don't even need to. You right. have so many other resources available of people who are right there in the fire that can tell you all about a player. David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly together are a tremendous combination. Shake and bake, baby. How How is – I just am so fascinated by chemistry and sports in general. Like, how – because it's not like they couldn't play with any other players, but together these two seem to really have a dynamic spark, and I'm so curious as to why. Like, like what what is it about those two that make them play so well together? Well, look, they're both very similar in style of play, and when I say that, they're both very talented individuals. They both work extremely hard. They get on the ice early. They stay after. They work on little things, intricacies of the game that you'd never even think about working on. You'd be like, oh, that's too minor to work on. They're working on it every day. And they play that puck possession game. So neither of them like to just throw the puck away. And so you get two guys that are doing that, cycling the puck, working, intertwining, and supporting each other out there. They're a nightmare to play against. And in today's NHL, Okay, where you can't just go over and mow a guy down or grab him and throw him to the ice, horse collar him, and the referee looks the other way. Right. When those those days are gone, so guys who are like David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly, who are you know strong on their feet, strong core that can protect the puck and hang on to it forever, stick their butt out and you know handle the puck in the other direction. You can't defend it. All you can do is try to maintain it and stay in front of them and isolate them. But then when they're working together, it's it's a nightmare. You have two guys in and out of the play. It's hard. Was it Perron? I think of <clears throat> this is probably maybe his rookie year or first time with the Blues or whatever when he went coast to coast and was being draped upon the, and when he shot it. And it was like a one-handed shot or something. I, I was sitting in like a Hot Shots or something and I saw it. And I didn't see that from him for years. And it seemed like he, he became 
was it selfish or, it, it's, or what? I don't know if that's the word. Yeah. It, it or def- was it a, a coach that he was oil and water with or what? It seemed like a weird time for a while. I definitely got the sense as a Blues fan. And again, perception isn't obviously always nearly anywhere near correct. But I got the idea that Perron has matured as a player a lot. Maybe that's his first couple of, of runs yeah. with with the Blues. That it's that that maybe beforehand it was more of a about him and less about the team and now it's completely freaking opposite. Was it was it Hitchcock? Was that was that where the switch was? Because it seemed like he was not a Hitchcock guy. Or, or we could be or, wrong. Or, I, you know what I mean? I well don't... he came in under Andy Murray. Okay. And that's yeah. your first problem. Oh um, boy. Yeah. Andy Murray uh, not a fan? No, he he's a very knowledgeable hockey guy and he's had some success, but um, that's another episode. Okay. We'll, we'll go okay. over Andy Murray right. stories. Okay. Writing, writing a note. Write it down because <laughs> there are some great stories. And I only had Andy for like a couple of months, and we got enough there. And I respect Andy, so let's not get that confused. Okay. He's a heck of a coach, does a great job at Western Michigan program now. In fact, that's perfect guy for that job, to mold kids for the future. Um, now, David Perron, the thing we have to remember is these guys come out of college or junior hockey, and they're the shit. Yeah, they're yeah. leaving there, and everybody's focus on that team is get this guy the puck. So in this case, get David Perron the puck because he's going to go coast to coast and bury it. Mm-hmm. And so you get to the NHL, and when you're young like that, and you haven't played in the minors, which Perron did not play in the minors, well, he just figures, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Get me the puck. I want the puck, and it's all about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes some some scars along the years. And I don't mean physical. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about where you are not successful and things aren't working out. And David Perron went through some times, man. He he got traded a lot. He went from what St. Louis to Edmonton to Pittsburgh to Anaheim, back to St. Louis to Vegas, back to St. Louis. He's almost sound like Jamie Rivers there yeah, for a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. Like David, I feel your pain, buddy. Okay, <laughs> right, right. You're collecting well, with, the jerseys with your, just like I did. With your teams, you got to take a breath and then say some more teams. <laughs> Correct. You said all of his is one breath, but he's still so. playing, Jeff. That's so true. there's time. Okay? Good point. Let's hope that he doesn't have to change teams anymore. But <laughs> yeah. there's time. There uh, is. But that being said, all jokes aside, you know, along the way, you learn what's right and what's wrong, and you play under different coaches, and you figure out what kind of a player you're going to be. And in David's case, he became different players in different teams where he wasn't the go-to guy. He wasn't even on the power play on some teams. So he's had to figure that out. And then he goes to Vegas, and he becomes the guy again. But at, at that point, he had all this other stuff that he'd been able to experience. You know, Edmonton, he didn't have success. Anaheim, he was basically invisible. While he was there, you, nobody talked about him. He was off the off the the radar. In Edmonton, that's which is weird. It, it was crazy, yeah. right? But now he goes to Vegas, second time around, or or first time around after he was with the Blues for the second time around. We, right. He's been there three times yeah. now. Yeah, uh, and, and he rediscovers and evolves into this player that the St. Louis Blues and everybody was like, "Holy shit!" He went to you know Stanley Cup Finals with the Vegas Golden Knights in yeah. his first year, and he he was a big part of that. Came back last year. Had a good season, a great season. I mean, set the record, I think, for St. Louis Blues for consecutive games with points in a season, and he's just continued to evolve. And so I think right now, it's kind of exciting times, is we're getting the best version of David yeah, Perron. I so I so agree with that. Yeah, yeah like the best version ever of yeah. David Perron is right now, and it's only getting better, and now he's discovered a guy like Ryan O'Reilly where we're getting the best version of him, too. Yeah. He's had some scars along the way. So they're very similar in the patterns of how they've gotten to this point. 
and their personalities are very similar. So yeah, the the shake and bake thing, it's true, boys. It's it's you know it's really amazing, and you know we we put so much pressure on these athletes to just be and do and to be perfect and all of these things. And like, you're still a 22 year old guy. I was a freaking moron at yeah. 22, man. You know, like there is so much personal. I mean, you know, sports aside, there's so much personal growth that happens. You know, like oh, and by the I, way, I don't give that enough credit when it comes to some of these guys and how they mature as players too. By the way, you're in a foreign country as well. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like David foreign you know, country like- and no budget. Basically, oh I mean, yeah, yeah. Listen, I can tell you from personal experience. You go from Working at a gas station to pull together your 150 bucks a week or whatever you're doing, to all of a sudden you're playing in the NHL and they hand you a check for thousands of oh, dollars. Oh, you mean no budget as in zero maximum is what well, you're saying? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, there's like, no you, ceiling. You're, you're being handed a paycheck and you're like, right. oh my god, like you can do pretty much anything you want, yeah. and you're 19, 20 years old. Oh, Think about that. Can you imagine? Well, the, 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 There'd be a different person sitting in this chair right now. <laughs> there I'm may be nobody saying. sitting in that chair right now. <laughs> I don't know if this is something I should admit or not. I think I'd probably have 47 kids. Really? I, I would, oh, I would think that I could be the Sean Kemp of the... Uh, oh, you mean uh, if you had all this money at that If I had all age, that yeah, money. Yeah. Big and, baller and, Donnie. And, and, well, and, well, just, you know, you think about early 20s, man. I know how I was a DJ at a radio station going to the Oz. Yeah. I can't imagine being a freaking hockey player, yeah, man. No. Like I couldn't get laid playing REM overnight. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Couldn't pick up Lint with a Scotch tape shirt. <laughs> really, well, just well. Let's do this, gentlemen. Let's throw out uh, the uh, the email address one more time. We'd love to have more of your emails. It's a lot of fun, and and obviously, if you listen to the emails today, it does not X's and O's. Give us give us something to start talking about. That's all we. Really That's all we need. Want, That's all we know? need. But uh, LMBP at one hundred five seven thepoint dot com. Do you send us an email before we end? Do you have a prediction of who may be the guy for tomorrow night's game for Wednesday's game? Uh, on that wing up there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sammy Blay, you think my be Sammy if, he, Blay if for he's sure. healthy and ready to go, I think he's the guy. God, I'm okay with that. You okay with that, dude? I'm, I am. You know, at this point, honestly, guys, after last year, the way that last year went, and how I, you not in, De- in December, I thought we were done, and they were trading '91, and this was going to be a rebuild. You know, I, I'm not happy. Obviously, the dude's hurt, but you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing other people play, and what you know. I think this is still a good team. We dig up Dick Vermeil. Is he alive? Dick Vermeil? Yeah. Still alive. Find- oh, thank God you said Vermeil. We'll, f- <laughs> we'll find Dick Vermeil and we will rally around whoever this is. Yes. Sammy Blay. And we will rally around him and he's a good winger and let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. All right. It is the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring. After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.